think of me more as that adult ballet friend that you have in class that you can make a face at or if you weren't listening to the teacher this friend will help you <laughs> that's how I kind of think of myself so it's whatever you need me to be in a way but um, I'm here to help all adult ballet dancers on their journey if they just want that extra help if they just need perspective from someone who has started as an actual adult. Welcome to the Balanced Ballerinas podcast. I'm Georgia Canning, a qualified ballet teacher of adults and children, and I'm also a studio owner and founder of Balanced Ballerinas, amongst many other things. I drop episodes of the pod every second week, and I've been doing so for well over two years now, which is crazy. So if you're new, welcome. I'm so glad you found this wonderful community fueled by a mutual love of ballet and healthy, holistic dancers. Now, today's guest is the gorgeous Jojo from Adult Ballet Collective, Adult Ballet Club and Ballet with Jojo. I'm sure you've heard of at least one of those, but there's so much more than just the Instagram handle. Jojo started ballet at the age of 23 and is the poster girl for adult ballerinas everywhere, proving that it's never too late to begin your ballet journey. Jojo and I share some really similar beliefs and first of all that ballet is for everyone and secondly that adult ballerinas come with the most incredible life experience which really shapes their bodies and minds in a way that allows them to move with just such maturity, depth and ambition. We also wholeheartedly believe that ballet is a lifestyle and that ballet can truly turn your world upside down for the better, of course, by enhancing your life, sharpening your focus and really getting clear with your priorities. And this is why I feel really connected and drawn to Jojo and why we've been working quietly behind the scenes together to bring you some pretty cool offerings. But a little bit more about Jojo first. Jojo isn't just any adult ballet dancer. She has sought further education to learn and progress safely and wants to share her knowledge and experiences with other adult ballet dancers. Now, I know that some of you are really, really experienced when it comes to the world of ballet, but I want to remind you that there are many who are not. In fact, I have listeners of this podcast from around the world that have emailed me to say, just how frightened they are to begin their ballet journey or even local clients who signed up to take my class with me but couldn't work up the courage to get out of the car, walk across the car park and enter the studio. Oh, honestly, this breaks my heart. So someone like Jojo comes along and she really is the perfect bridge between this gap in mindset and confidence. Jojo likes fellow adult ballet dancers to really think of her as their fairy godmother, someone you can ask a question to that you're too afraid to maybe ask the teacher or perhaps assist with making sure you've prepared for your first class. Now, I can't tell you the amount of times my own adult ballet students have said, oh, Georgia, in the beginning, you know, I was too afraid to ask you X, Y, Z. And I mean, I would consider myself a really approachable teacher. <laughs> I couldn't imagine how someone would feel around someone less approachable. 
Now, JoJo's Creation, which is Adult Ballet Collective, it's a really special place and it's filled with workshops, special events, teacher features and collaborations. It really is a gift to the adult ballet community who oftentimes get left in the dark. Speaking of collaborations, yours truly is teaming up with Jojo to bring you an adult ballet beginner course, which I'm very excited about. And it will be live and online September 21st with tickets going on sale August 10th. So don't worry, I'll remind you much closer to the date. But we'll chat more about this and what's included in the course during the episode. So in the meantime, I just really wanted to introduce Jojo to the Balance Ballerinas community because I think that she has something really incredibly unique and valuable to offer students that are entering the world of ballet as an adult. If you are interested in possibly attending our course, it's not just for beginners. You may have been studying ballet for quite some time and interested in the course content. Make sure you follow both Jojo and myself on Instagram. Jojo is at jojo.ballerina and you can find me, of course, at The Balance Ballerina. Always feel free to shoot me a message if you have any questions, whether you think the course might be right for you or not. I am always happy to respond. Now, enjoy my conversation with your ballet fairy godmother, the lovely Jojo. Welcome to the Balance Ballerinas podcast, Jojo. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast finally. <laughs> I know, so excited to be here finally. I feel like we've actually been chatting about this for even a little while. I feel like we've actually been friends for a long time, but it's actually probably important to note that even though we're launching a course together, we've actually never met in real life. Isn't that bizarre? I think that's so crazy. And the fact that we both live in the same country, but I guess COVID <laughs> definitely has affected that. <laughs> well, you were going to be coming along to the 2020, was it? 2020 yeah. uh, Byron Bay Adult Ballet Retreat. And then... You were bringing a friend, weren't you? That's right. We had our names down to come and I was actually so excited. We were both pretty gutted when <laughs> it was cancelled. I was too. I felt so bad. Everyone was just like, really, we can't go? And I'm like, no, it's just, it's too much. It's too hard. And a few things too in regards to, you know, we probably could have run classes, but we couldn't have done all the really fun things like dinner, you know, the restaurant at the hotel that I usually uh, organize that at we're only doing groups of say four at a time and you had to be spread out and I was like I've got like 20 <laughs> this yeah. is just not gonna work so it was too hard but fingers crossed for 2022 but mm -hmm. anyway um we will eventually meet in person one day but I feel no, like it's, we will <laughs> we oh, well we have we have to now because we're technically business partners so um <laughs> it's not funny how the world works but, I know First of all, what I want you to do, Jojo, is introduce yourself to the Balanced Ballerinas community. Most of them will already be aware of who you are, um, but you've got a few little businesses up your sleeves. I would call you a bit of an entrepreneur. Um, introduce yourself to everybody. All right. Well, thanks, Georgia. Thanks so much for having me. Really am excited to be here and be on your podcast. I've been listening to it for a little while as well. You provide such great advice to adult ballet dancers and just adult ballet 
interested people in general, I guess. Um, but yes, so I'm Jojo. I am currently 27 years old, residing on the south coast of Sydney. Um, I'm the founder of Adult Ballet Collective and currently also an adult ballet coach. Um, my coaching service is called Ballet with Jojo, and it's basically just aimed for adult ballet dancers who need an extra friend, I guess, or supplementary to the adult ballet journey. Um, I started ballet, like I only started taking classes when I was 23, but I feel like my ballet journey started well before that. Um, I probably did take a ballet class when I was about four or five, and I actually have a very clear memory running around a studio in a little white tutu, and we had to wave at the mirror and pretend that that was our parents. That is my only memory of ballet as a child. Um, my family actually moved from Malaysia to Australia when I was about five years old, so I started my schooling in Australia, and unfortunately, ballet just wasn't on the cards for me um, as a child. It just wasn't really encouraged, and all I wanted to do was dance. When I started high school, I took dance as a subject yep. in high school. <laughs> yep, I'm sure you can imagine, Georgia. So it was um, contemporary for one term, jazz for another term, hip hop for another term. It was really kind of, of jazz an ballet. experience. Yes, it was. There was. I wouldn't say I got great technique from that. Um, I used to pretend that I'd done ballet, but you know, I was just always that kind of wannabe person in high school. Um, and then when I got my first job, I decided to start paying for classes. There was a studio across the road, just started brand new studio with a little warehouse. It was really cool, but unfortunately they didn't do ballet. So it just still wasn't on the cards for me. I guess it just didn't happen. Um, in university, I did competitive cheerleading, which was really, really great for me because I built a lot of body awareness. Um, and I think that's really, really important in your adult ballet journey um, because I wasn't a very coordinated child. So doing competitive cheerleading really allowed me to build these experiences and kind of understand technique, like proper technique, just in anything that you're doing, like working out and things like that. Um, I always wanted to be a cheerleader. I actually, <laughs> yeah, before I before I started full time dance training, I actually tried to start up a cheerleading group um, troop <laughs> at my school, I and the it. principal the principal put a stop to it because they didn't want cheerleaders, and I was like, oh. "What do you mean you don't want cheerleaders?" <laughs> it was a bit it conservative. Was, yeah. Yeah, I can understand. Cheerleading was great. It was a great way because I also moved. So I moved from Perth to Sydney and I didn't know anyone in Sydney when I moved for university. So joining the cheerleading club and society and being part of something really allowed me to make friends, I guess. I mean, I was 17 when I moved. I was so young, didn't know anyone in a whole new state that I'd never been in. So it was a great way for me to yeah make friends and kind of discover who I am, like a really coming of age type of thing. Um, cheer was great, but also, yeah, lots of injuries. Um, I also, fun fact, I also cheered for the Sydney Sixers for a time, which oh, was pretty cool, but so weird <laughs> that cricket has cheerleading. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, I, I went for like the, I guess tr it's called a tryout, not an audition in cheer. Went for the tryouts yeah. and everything and got in. Um, it was pretty awesome because you get all the like free merch and the uniform and and um, I'd never been to a cricket game in my life. So that was the first time. 
but extremely awkward when your team is losing because there's not much to cheer about. So yeah, it was a really interesting experience. Um, but that's where I guess I gained I, in a, a lot of my flexibility, my body awareness and understood more about myself. Um, I gained lots of injuries from cheerleading. I have torn the ligaments in both my ankles multiple times. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I have torn cartilage in both my knees, which sometimes comes back regularly, especially in winter when it's cold. Um, and the worst one I would say was I dislocated my right hip, um, which wasn't fun. That took a lot of recovery time and that also affects my dancing today. So that's something that I just kind of work with with my own body. Um, after cheerleading, you know, when I got a full-time job, did the normal nine to five. And when I, you know, was finally financially stable and I was living in Melbourne and I thought, you know what, I'm going to try ballet because I had always wanted to learn ballet. And it's been my dream since I was five years old to do it. Um, luckily where I was living in Melbourne was in the middle of the city. So I had so many studios to choose from. Um, I started at Center of Adult Education with a teacher called Rosemary Robin, who was really, really amazing. Um, she's very experienced in working with adults. And I felt like I built a really, really strong foundation with her. I also just felt like when I first started was, this is what I want to do. And so I went and searched for way more classes, discovered that the Australian Ballet actually had an adult program. And so um, I think I was taking about three to four classes per week in my first year of doing ballet and also just heaps and heaps of research online about strengthening um, and point and all like just trying to learn as much as I could, not just about my body, but just about ballet in general, like the history of ballet. I was going to watch ballets. I was just really, I guess, obsessed with it. Infatuated is a word that you might use for that moment. Um, and that's one of I the find, reasons I found that yeah. most adult ballerinas are like once yeah. you get the once you get the ballet bug, there's no yeah. stopping you. You become quite infatuated. And I personally love watching my clients go through that process. They attend their yeah. first class and then their second, and then they'll come in and be like, "Oh my gosh, Georgia, I've got tickets to Sleeping Beauty, and <laughs> I'm going to this workshop and this masterclass, and I've read this, and what do you think about this?" And I'm just watching them fall in love with ballet, and it's just it's beautiful. It's amazing, isn't it? And that's why um, I had an interesting conversation with someone the other day. I hate calling ballet, like adult ballet, a hobby because it's not yeah. quite a hobby. It's much more than that. I, I would say it's almost part of your lifestyle. It's I, Interest is probably a better word, but it still doesn't quite hit the nail on the head. I think, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just part of you. <laughs> I yeah. I actually I actually really agree. I think ballet is a lifestyle and one of the reasons why I think so is because you actually have to be a little bit crazy to study ballet, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't you can't pick it up and put it down like a yoga class. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. I, I would call I would call myself a very sporadic yogi, you know. I will go through a phase of of you know, doing a few classes in a row and being quite regular and consistent. And then I won't do any yoga for two years and then I'll go book myself in on a yoga retreat. And I find <laughs> that if you go and do, for, you know, just rolling with the yoga example, you know, anyone can really go book a, a yoga retreat as long as it's not a super advanced one um, mm -hmm. and have a great time. But I don't think you could just go and book a ballet retreat having no experience. Um, you really, it's, 
I, I always say this, and you and I have spoken about this before, ballet is something you have to do consistently and be really patient with. So yeah. I, I totally agree. It's definitely a lifestyle, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I guess this was when I first started. I was doing all these classes, doing the research, and it's actually the reason why I started Adult Ballet Collective because I found that the information was out there but it was difficult to find, you know, you're on Google yeah. page eight or nine, you know, you're not, you're not just on the first page trying to find can adults do point or how do I improve this as an adult dancer? A lot of the information out there was, I guess, specifically targeted to children or um, they are just by um, ballerinas that don't have experience with adult bodies. So they don't really understand how it works. And so Adult Ballet Collective was just, started with that um, trying to create I guess resources and information for adult ballet dancers to put it all in one place I think that that mm. was the idea and I was also just so obsessed with ballet that I was always looking for workshops and events and like your retreat Georgia like all that kind of stuff I just wanted it to be part of my life because I think I just wanted to experience more so and I think that's one of the things that um ballet has taught me about myself which is really interesting I was telling this to someone last night um that I so I went to university I studied um media communications and journalism and to be honest I am not a studious person I hated studying um it was interesting my degree um I guess it was interesting learning how to tweet and things like that but um it was an interesting enough degree but I hated studying I hated the idea of learning I was like, I don't need to learn this. I've already learned, you know, I did my maths, whatever course in year 12 and all that kind of stuff. You get your ATAR, you do all that. I was over learning. But starting ballet as an adult made me realize that I wanted to learn again and I wanted to learn more. And I guess that's where it's led me to where I am. Like it's changed my life so much that I've changed my career path. I've gone and seeked further education. I never thought I'd be doing that. I mean, to be honest, I don't think I'm likely to go back to university to do anything like that. Um, I don't have the money or the time to do that. But you but, also don't yeah. don't need to. There's no there's no course for mm -hmm. adult ballet or <laughs> ballet specifically, or you know, teaching in the dance space That's unless right. yeah. unless you go to do, um, you know. Uh, an education degree where mm -hmm. you're going to be a primary or secondary school teacher and you have to choose dance and English or dance yeah. and drama um yeah. very different and and also it's probably important to point out in case our audience doesn't know there is actually a huge difference between teaching dance in a school mm -hmm. uh whereas whereas people that are teaching dance in a studio like it's a totally different ball game and absolutely. I'm I, I can definitely see you teaching in studio. Definitely can't see you teaching in the school. <laughs> no, I, I can't see I myself teaching in a yeah. school. That would be <laughs> no, like, I don't, uh, I don't yeah. think it's hard. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Mm, sorry, no thanks. <laughs> like absolutely, no hats off, hats off to those yeah. that do it. I personally yeah. couldn't because they have to follow a really strict curriculum, mm -hmm. and they walk into the class and the class is already planned. And yeah. I really respect teachers that can walk in and do that and I just can't do that I have to walk yeah. in and, and be inspired and slightly yeah. spontaneous and and yeah that, there's no room for that in the education system for sure well I think we're just more creative beings in a way true true <laughs> I find it yeah. really interesting I actually didn't know that you did a communications degree because yeah that's the same as me. So a lot of people ask me, what did you study at uni? And I did mm -hmm. communications. 
I find that if so, I actually do think, and I'll stand by this advice, if somebody doesn't know what they want to do with life, but they're being either a forced to go to uni by their parents yeah. or, or they, they want to go to uni, but they're not sure what to study. I think a communications degree is the way to go because mm-hmm. it actually makes a whole lot of sense that you study communications yeah. because even just our communication between, you know, us sort of putting together our online course and, mm-hmm. Um, the, what you, the, the work that you do on social media and how you construct uh, copy is allowing you, and it allows me to be able to um, share with the world what we want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. So no matter no matter what you want to do, if you do a communications degree, you'll be able to essentially communicate, as basic as that sounds, really yeah. effectively. So. No, that makes total sense. I didn't know that you studied that. There you go. Yeah. That's my way, friends. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, I think we have a lot in common in that way. It's so interesting. We have very different backgrounds, but have kind of come and come together and leveled off in a way. And um, yeah. I think we're both on the same page a lot, which is probably why we have super long conversations. <laughs> um, probably. Yeah, but no, the communications degree was good. I did it at um, UNSW, and the interesting thing was what I learned however many years ago now it's probably not as relevant now as well like it's it's forever changing and I think that's a really really interesting thing about communications as well because once you've studied that you kind of have this awareness of how like technology and how Instagram the algorithm all of that stuff how it all just keeps changing and oh gosh it is hard to stay on top of it all isn't it I think what I do now though so I did do content creation uh for a little while I did it full time um which was fun, but what took the joy out of it was just, to be honest, working with clients and to a deadline and like taking photos of products that I didn't feel passionate about. Um, So I've kind of stopped a lot of that. I'd still do a little bit now and then, but I just enjoy creating content and, um, and just posting on Instagram. I don't even look at the likes or I respond to comments as when I whenever I see them but I just don't look at all that engagement stuff or anything anymore yeah. because I just think after doing it full-time for a little while it's so draining <laughs> you know and you, you can't let your body yeah. you can't let yourself go through that yeah your social media is so strong and so beautiful um so aesthetic if you love a good aesthetic Instagram account go (laughs) go follow Jojo and Adult Ballet Collective um because it's just lovely it's much prettier than mine I keep the Bounce Ballerinas one really pretty but my personal one is just like whatever I feel like for that day and it's interesting that you said that you don't look at the metrics anymore and to be honest neither do I because I feel Mm -hmm. like if you're too focused on that you're actually not posting I hate this word but authentically do you know what I mean and so exactly I don't worry anymore about oh posting at the same time every day and jumping on, you know, a particular trend because you know mm-hmm. I think your audience can sense that you're not being real with them when you do that. So, absolutely, and I think that's why people gravitate towards you, Jojo. Well, well, I hope so. Like I am trying to be, you know, authentic and put out just content that I'm proud and happy to create, and I think that's really changed the way that I look social media um because when I was doing it full time and and when you're being paid for posts there's that stress on there for it to perform Mm -hmm. well for the brand for your client um and now I don't do that I just post what I want to post and I say what I want to say and and I think that's really important because um it's just being like honest and authentic and I think that's a great way to connect with the community to show in a way your 
true social media self. <laughs> you're all, you're you're pretty much like a uh, adult ballet influencer, Jojo. Like you work with <laughs> a couple such of a thing. <laughs> that I reckon there is, and you work with some very cool brands. So yeah, who that's true. Who's, who's um who are you working with at the moment? <laughs> yeah, so I'm currently, yeah, well, I guess um, I'm a Malay Etoile, which is the point shoes. Um, mm-hmm. I did work with Block previously last year. That was a really, really great um, opportunity for me to be able to work with them. The benefits were amazing. I didn't have to buy any point shoes all year, so that was awesome. Um, but I did feel a little bit limited. I'm not, I don't know if I can say this, but <laughs> I think I'm going to say Go anyway. I felt a little bit limited because I couldn't work with any other brands. And yeah. for someone like me, I love discovering small brands, Australian brands, international brands, just all sorts of things. Um, and it kind of ties back to my ballet journey because I'm always trying to find, I guess, products and things that help enhance your journey um like I started wearing MDM shoes which I absolutely love they've really helped my arches yes so great right and I couldn't I felt like I couldn't post about something that I genuinely felt strongly about um so yeah and then Merlet as well really really love their shoes they've been so great to work with um and you know who doesn't love a good French brand like you know oh, yeah. Um, yeah so it's it's been really cool um it's been a cool journey as well I guess online um as an adult ballerina and just yeah but if anyone does want to aim to aspire to work with brands and create content which I know a lot of people do um mm. I think it's a good thing just keep being authentic and create content that you feel happy with I think the worst thing that I see online and I've seen this a lot when I was doing uh, content creation full-time as well, was people blatantly copying someone else's photo. Um, And that's never fun, (laughs) you know? Mm. You can take inspiration from things, but to create a direct copy, you might as well be reposting them. (laughs) So I think- And you may as well. And I think even even if you do want to directly copy someone, the best thing to actually do, which is smarter, is to copy them and put, inspired by blah 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 the account because not only are you then giving them credit but you're also probably they might share your work and then you get their audience so I mean instead of just you know copying it and being like that's mine (laughs) exactly exactly and and I think like when you when you're forced to create something yourself and obviously you have inspiration it allows you to discover your true style your true aesthetic and I think that's really really important because I've seen so many people try and start content creation um, Instagrams and they have like a red theme but then they get bored of it and then they they delete everything and restart and I just think it's not about that it's about remaining authentic and I mean, I can scroll back a few years and look up some photos and be like, oh, the lighting in this is terrible. Why did I post that? It's probably the same with you. You were talking about your podcast three years ago. Oh, my Um, God. You know, so I do not. Yes, it's (laughs) It's still out there. there. Um, It's just, you know, I guess if you scroll through, you can see how much I've learned about my photography and how my style has developed over the years. Yeah, and you can get sort of like analysis paralysis, I guess, by, mm-hmm. you know, by by sort of constantly restarting. And I think sometimes 
you know, one of the reasons why it took me so long, I had bought all my podcast equipment and had it for about a year before I even started because I was just so worried about like making sure that the first episode was perfect and that, you know, the second one was amazing and going, you know, I was thinking too far into the future and I was, and how am I going to feel about that? And, and always that advice that I'm giving going to stand the test of time. Well, the truth is probably not. And you sort of just have to start and, you know, give it a go, like, and just, just do it. And you're going to put, if you're going to create content, you're going to have content living on the interweb that you're, that you're not a hundred percent into anymore, but that's just the way that it works. Like, absolutely. And it just all ties in with everyone has to start somewhere, whether yeah. it's Instagram, whether it's a podcast, whether it's ballet, everyone has to start somewhere. And I guess yeah, um, that's one of the reasons why I guess we're doing this event together because... Well, I was going to say that's a really <laughs> yeah. great lead into why <laughs> why we're working together. So Jojo, Jojo, why are we working together? So I'm very excited, but um, <laughs> we are, I am, I am like beyond excited to be able to work with you and um, to be able to in a way connect with a wider community and share our digital event. Um, it's called the Adult Ballet Beginners Course. And yeah, in it's a webinar designed to help adult ballet beginners navigate the ins and outs of adult ballet life. I guess we were talking about ballet being a lifestyle and it's to help people. It's basically designed for adult ballet beginners or just more adult ballet interested people, I guess I like to call yeah. them. Um, and, and that's the thing, like as an adult ballet dancer, we may feel like a beginner for the first I don't know, five years of our journey. It's not uncommon to feel that. Um, I actually asked a ballet teacher once, when will I ever stop feeling like a beginner? And she couldn't even give me an answer. She just said, one day things will click. And luckily for me, I feel like that has happened, <laughs> though sometimes I still feel like a beginner. Um, but yeah, the information that we're covering in our course will really, really help all adult ballet beginners um, and adult ballet dancers just stepping into a studio because it's just the things that we wished we knew I guess yeah. or I wish I knew you know I wish that I had someone yeah. like Georgia telling me these things when I started my ballet journey and I mean besides me just wanting to hang out with you more and have a reason to talk to you on a regular basis <laughs> um I was explaining to you when we initially came up with this concept that I have clients that will literally sit in the car park and they're booked into a class and it takes them four or five goes before they actually walk through the doors and attend class because they're afraid. Or mm -hmm. I'll have people, or on the other end, I'll have people enter class really confidently, but I watch them do a few things that are really big no-nos <laughs> in the dance <laughs> studio. And I have to find creative ways of telling them, you know, guiding them through the process mm -hmm. of, of joining a ballet class because it really is like we keep going back to a lifestyle and it's a completely mm -hmm. different world. Um, yeah. So how about we run through a couple of the modules that we'll be mm -hmm. covering because we're not going to give course content away, um, not <laughs> at all, but we are going to make it very affordable. Um, mm -hmm. Our early bird pricing is 25 and my yep. correct <laughs> Correct. Um, Early bird pricing, $25. And then after a certain date, it will be uh, $35. And so mm -hmm. it's really, really affordable, really comprehensive as well. So whoever mm -hmm. does the course is going to get a lot of information that honestly, every person starting adult ballet would just, you know, find so yeah. useful. 
So um, one of the first modules is how to find a studio that offers adult ballet because, Mm -hmm. I mean, luckily it's becoming increasingly easier as adult ballet becomes more popular, but um, we've got a few tips on how to find the right studio for you. So that's the first one. Yeah, Um, that's the first one. Yep. Yes, how to know if you have a good teacher. So that's going to be Mm -hmm. a really interesting discussion between the two of us. (laughs) Yeah, and one of one of the reasons um, why we really want to cover that topic is also because you know we're coming from two points of view. Like obviously, Mm -hmm. um, I'm coming from the position of basically my entire life studying having studied ballet and you know being a ballet teacher dedicating my life to that but you're (laughs) sort of just starting to enter the adult ballet Mm -hmm. coaching world and I want you to explain because we we will explain this in the course but I really wanted to explain it too in the podcast (laughs) interview um how would you describe what you do because there would be some people that listen and go, Jojo's just started adult ballet. What does she mean she's an adult ballet coach? Because mm-hmm. I love your explanation, especially when you call yourself a fairy godmother. I love it. <laughs> so how would you best describe what you do? Yeah, it's it's a really good question because in a way it's different to a lot of people and that's why I coined the term an adult ballet fairy godmother. Um, I like to call myself a coach rather than a teacher because I have seeked that further education to learn more about the body um, and ballet and things like that. I, I apply a lot of what I've learned but basically I come to adult ballet coaching with the perspective of someone who is an adult ballet dancer. So I understand that your body might not be perfect for ballet. You don't have this you know, ideal ballet body. So I learn in a way to retrofit ballet technique on my body. And that's something that I want to share with other people. And I want to share my experiences to help you basically. And in a way, a lot of the coaching is supplementary because it's mainly online. A lot of it is also one-on-one because I believe that all adult ballet dancers need to have that one-on-one attention, especially online. There's a lot of restraints with that. Um, But I think, think of me more as that adult ballet friend that you have in class that you can make a face at or if you weren't listening to the teacher this friend will help you (laughs) that's how I kind of think of myself so it's whatever you need me to be in a way but um, I'm here to help all adult ballet dancers on their journey if they just want that extra help if they just need perspective from someone who has started as an actual adult (laughs) because I mean Georgia I know you are a fantastic teacher but there's there's probably some things that don't come to mind when it comes to adult ballet because you've never gone through that 100% and that's why I love our collaboration because you're coming from the point of view of someone having started as an adult when I teach a class of adult ballerinas I really have to put myself and my mindset in a completely alien space because the last time I attended my first ballet class I was three years old (laughs) and I don't know I don't know what that feels like and so one of the great things about the course is that you're coming from the perspective and asking a lot of questions that I wouldn't even think of and that's why I also think when people ask me about, oh, how do you teach adults and what's your biggest tip? And it actually just takes a really long time mm-hmm. to, especially for someone like me, to, to develop um, the mindset of how to teach an adult. Because one great thing is they can learn very quick and they pick up things quick because they're an adult. You know, they're mm-hmm. not a child that necessarily needs to be really entertained to get some of yes. their <laughs> skills through. Um, 
But one thing about that is they come with lots of life experience and they come yes. with lots and lots of, um, you know, background noise that potentially could be hindering their ability to learn. And mm-hmm. for me, ballet movements come really, really naturally. Yeah. And I can guarantee you that you would be able to probably explain how to do a couple of things, you know, better than, than I could because you know what it's like to learn it on an adult body, whereas I learned all this stuff, you know, as a three three years to 17-year-old yeah. and, and I just, you know, I had all those building blocks, whereas sometimes mm-hmm. if you're an adult, you're just sort of thrown into it. And so, so I love true. that we're coming from both sides. Absolutely. It's, it's so interesting what you said about the building blocks as well, because you've built all this muscle memory over the years that steps come really naturally to you. And, and something that's come to mind is um, someone actually asked me how to do um, a glissade. And it's like, yeah. it, it's because when you, when you're in an adult ballet class and you get to that stage where you're in the center and you're doing whatever you're doing, like glissade, jeté, parabure, whatever, <laughs> whatever the um, sequence is, a lot of the time the teacher will just gloss over it because Mm. it's kind of expected to know what that is. Um, And that was me as a dancer as well. I was like, what is that actual step? Like which foot is going where? And as adult dancers, we like to overthink things. So instead of trusting our bodies, because our bodies also don't have the muscle memory or the building blocks to put the correct foot in front of the other one or to go in that direction or to point our feet. So yeah it's a really it's a really interesting thing that we've come to yeah and that's where I come from when I said background noise like adults coming with lots Mm -hmm. of background noise and whether that's like oh I can't do that or well that's a bit scary or Mm -hmm. or whether it's um more along the lines of I actually have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) and they just sort of (laughs) tune out um Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just teaching adults is a whole nother ball game. Um, yeah. But yeah, but we're also going to cover things that are a little bit more, um, I guess, frivolous, but really important yeah. too. Like, so we're going mm-hmm. to cover what to wear to your first class, what mm-hmm. to bring to your first class. We're going to cover um, ballet etiquette and protocol in the dance mm-hmm. studio, because as everyone who's studying ballet knows, <laughs> um, ballet and a ballet studio is also very different sometimes to just going to a a jazz class at a -hmm. random studio like a ballet studio tends to have all these rules and regulations that Mm -hmm. that that are just unwritten law that everyone just seems to know about and it's like yeah how does everybody know to do that and so we're going to break that down Mm. that's right like and how how do you know something if no one tells you and 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 that's why we're doing this course basically because we're making sure people know it (laughs) and and sometimes well most times in the ballet world people in my position just expect everybody to know what to do and I think that's another reason why I've been relatively well you know successful at teaching adults is because I try and explain everything and I'm quite approachable compared to a lot of ballet (laughs) teachers um and so yeah we're really going to break that down but we're also going to talk about what to expect at your first Mm -hmm. class and I think I was telling you this story the other day someone came into the studio and they were new to ballet and they were like oh my gosh like there's mirrors like what what do you mean (laughs) So we have to look at ourselves and I'm like, yeah, this is what a ballet studio looks like. And, and she was just, she, I, she had no idea what to expect. And so we're going to talk about, um, you know, what to expect in regards to even mm-hmm. just from, you know, how long to expect to be doing some bar work before moving into centre. And, and also there's probably a lot of people maybe studying ballet 
not at the right place and they've been doing something a certain Mm -hmm. way and they go and do this course and go oh so I should be learning this and I should be hitting these markers and maybe I'm not in the right place so that's also Mm -hmm. important too brutal but important yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) a lot of fake ballet out there (laughs) sometimes hurts but yeah (laughs) yes um what else have we got we've got oh I'm interested Mm. for this discussion I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of class sizes Mm -hmm. because I'm quite quite passionate about detailing that (laughs) it's Um, a good one it's a really really interesting um module that we'll be outlining I think um yeah yes (laughs) yep and then um how many classes you know should you take per week Mm -hmm. uh how to know when it's time to move up a level we're also going to talk about point shoes, um, yes. <laughs> which is going to be a very important discussion about mm-hmm. the privilege of point shoes and yeah. the process because, you know, occasionally over the years I have someone show up for a beginner ballet class having never done ballet wearing a pair of point shoes and I'm like, oh, no, we'll be taking those off. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Yes. I think and that's go, a really, really so important pretty. discussion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we get yeah. caught up in this I guess, prettiness and the ballet aesthetic, um, especially online. And I guess I'm probably guilty of p- putting that out there. Oh, it's all your fault, Jojo. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all my fault, taking all those photos of point shoes. But yes, um, it is a really, really good topic to discuss with adult ballet dancers um, and the process of getting there because um, it's it's a huge commitment. Ballet in general huge. is a huge commitment. So I think That's it's really it's a lifestyle. <laughs> yes, a lifestyle, not a hobby. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, yeah, and the last uh, module we're learning is what to do outside the studio, which is also um, a really big thing for adult ballet dancers. Like I was talking about how, you know, you become kind of infatuated with it. And I guess you know, you will need to learn from reputable sources. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is that when, you know, I find with a lot of my clients, you know, I have a set amount of time during the week that I can uh, dedicate to classes. And I find a lot of my adult ballet clients really inspired and wanting to do more. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to point them into the direction of, you know, those supplementary things they can do, which is sort of pointing towards the work that you do as well. So, um, So, yeah, so when they've finished the course, I mean, we're just really keeping it real and making them feel more confident about, Mm -hmm. you know, continuing adult ballet classes or beginning their adult ballet classes. And I think a lot of people who will be listening to the modules that we just sort of ran through will go, I'm not necessarily a beginner, but I want to really know about the difference between, um, you know, uh, taking private lessons or, or taking uh, group classes, or mm-hmm. I really want to know more about beginning my point journey, or actually, I'd love to hear what Jojo and Georgia think about what to wear to class um, <laughs> and how to find a good teacher. And so I want people that are listening to this, if you're not necessarily a quotation marks beginner, I mean, we could argue we're all beginners at everything, couldn't we? But <laughs> if, you're not a, if you're not classified as an adult ballet beginner, and you have stepped foot in a ballet class before and been studying for many years. And if any of those things interest you, sign up. We want mm-hmm. whoever, <laughs> whoever yeah, wants absolutely. to come along. It's and there be will fun. be um, a time to ask questions as well allocated yes. in this course. So, you know, feel free to bring your questions with you. I think this course is going to be so great because, um, like Georgia, you were saying, you only have allocated time for classes. And there's only so much learning you can do in a class. 
Um, and especially with so much of the world still in lockdown, many people are still just doing classes online and yeah. you don't get um, that connection with other adult ballet dancers or your teacher, you don't have that opportunity to ask things before and after class. You don't have that time to talk to your friends or gossip about this or whatever that is. So this course in a way is giving you that extra time to learn um, from other adult dancers and teachers and yeah, and kind of provide a round, a well-rounded adult ballet journey, I think. Mm, yeah. And I can find, I, I find that, Sorry, could you just hear that, Jojo? Did you hear that? That was a massive car. Did they have a crash or something oh, at the front of my I apartment? Anyway, it, I did have some oh, dogs barking outside, and I hope you didn't hear that. Oh, excellent. No, it's all good. I didn't hear. <laughs> I didn't hear the dogs, and you didn't hear the car just crashing out the front of my apartment. But it's all good. Um, but yes, no, I think um, it's going to be really fun. And just so people know, the structure is that it's going to be online at a particular time on Zoom. It's not mm -hmm. going to be the only time we run it, but we won't run it all the time. I'm just going to say mm -hmm. that. Um, we'll, run, we'll run it sporadically throughout the year. Um, but I would love them to come and join us for the first round. And, um, and it's going to be live. So it's not recorded. You have to show up mm -hmm. all together. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. I think and I think one of the interesting things when we got discussing uh, about what we wanted to include in the course and why we wanted to do it in the first place was because you have a lot of people that have been doing your classes since COVID started mm -hmm. that are new to the world of adult ballet, but they're too scared and they really want to, but they're too scared to step foot into a studio. And I, you know, that makes me so sad. I'm like, oh no, I'm like, yeah, I want you to feel welcome. And so hopefully this just gives them the boost of confidence. To, that's right to do yeah. so but yeah yeah no, absolutely. I'm excited. I think when you feel when you feel like you're equipped with the knowledge you're a little bit more confident you know what you're stepping into and that's what this course is you know really aiming to provide to give you that knowledge and the background to give you the confidence to walk into a studio and know what you're doing <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so I'm really looking forward to it now enough talking about our course I'm very <laughs> excited to do it and we're not going to give any more away um what I wanted to ask you was a few little questions that I feel like mm -hmm. people will be interested in I'm going to ask you what's a recent because you are just like influencer queen of adult ballet what's a recent <laughs> purchase that's under a hundred dollars that has really positively either impact you know what you wear to class or how you train at home or has to be under a hundred dollars mm -hmm. though Jojo <laughs> okay well there's a f so many things come to mind um you, you can give me three I'm, if you want okay uh, well I'll, the first one that's come to mind that's I I didn't purchase it it was gifted so yes does that count but it's from yeah, Bodil Bodil Ballet Bodil Dancewear I think you have is it pants Bodil well. or Bodile I think it's a combination of body and Odile. Oh, the, Odile. Yeah, from Swan Lake. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but that's where I'm confused. I'm like, are yes. they going with the pronunciation of Odile? Odile. I'm not sure. I, okay. Well, <laughs> actually, either way, I it's have a them, beautiful brand. I have them here, these sauna pants. Oh, stop it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. got the shorts version um, because I'm in case no one knows, but I'm really short. So Georgia, don't be surprised when you meet me in real life, but I'm four <laughs> foot 11. Everyone is always surprised. They, they think I'm much oh taller gosh. from my Instagram, but I'm four foot 11. So pants I love it. are very long for me. So I got the shorts version. You got the but, short ones. Yeah, but they have been 
incredible especially because it has been so cold lately I know you're in Queensland so you probably don't get as cold as it is here but I also live in a very old creaky house so my tip actually a very hot tip and I mean that as a pun I put physio cream <laughs> all over my glutes and um, oh my, God. my hip flexors and then pop those shorts on and it really they are called the sauna shorts and it's a sauna in your pants which is excellent for ballet and I a mentioned my hip injury in the past so yes. my my right leg my turnout is very limited there so that actually allows me as an adult dancer to work with my body better and just like kind of I guess, improve my turnout flexibility a little bit more. So those yep. have been my favorite pants, like one of my favorite so, things that I've got recently. Yeah. So I 100% back you on that recommendation because mm -hmm. I've got the long ones and one of the mm -hmm. best things about them is the really, and I, I'm not being, I actually bought mine. I didn't get any gift, any gifted Jojo. How do I get some <laughs> sauna pants gifted? Um, but so I actually, I bought these myself. So this recommendation, and I am a strictly pretty much Lululemon girl. And, I love Lulu. Yeah. And so for yeah. me to actually wear an, a piece of active wear whilst mm -hmm. I'm teaching, that isn't Lululemon. This is a big deal, guys. But they've got this beautiful black velvet stripe down the mm -hmm. side and I <laughs> love it. But if you buy, I'm just doing a quick Google search. If you buy the long pair, Jojo, they're 110. So okay. they don't fall under the $100 mark. Oh, but you're, okay. you're lucky. You're lucky because the short pair come in at $95. Oh. Just made it. Just made you just, it. You just made it. Yeah. Okay. What's um, what's your second one? Okay. Second one I recently got because I'm going to do my PBT teacher training in August. Um, and I've searched long and hard for this, a three meter long TheraBand. Oh, Jojo, you needed yeah. to tell me because I, I could have hooked you up. I have lots oh. of dance physiotherapists that whenever oh. I go do, because I've done the yeah. PBT course multiple times with mm -hmm. Marie and she's a great friend of mine in the pod now, but um, I just ask my physio friends to literally, they've got reels, reels yeah, to of, cut you of, one. Yeah. and they just cut me one. <laughs> yeah. I was actually looking at purchasing a reel, um, but that might've been over the hundred dollar limit, but no PBT sell their three meter long bands. They are $20 from their website and shipping was free, which was excellent. <laughs> so excellent. I now have a three meter long TheraBand and I love TheraBands. I use them for so many things. Um, yeah. They're, they're actually one of the most useful tools I found in ballet. So yeah, hundred percent recommend. <laughs> awesome. And your third thing. Ooh, third thing. A foam roller I know it hurts yep. and it's painful but it's good for you <laughs> and, yeah and they and they range from you can get a ten dollar cheapie from Kmart mm -hmm. up to like you know a hundred and fifty dollar foam rollers yeah. um my recommendation is to always go with like the forty to fifty dollar yeah. ones um because I have bought cheaper ones for the studio before for the kids mm -hmm. the students and yeah. they really don't, they don't last and yeah. they're not very good. The ones from Kmart, um, if that's all you've got though, that's still a great option. They mm -hmm. just won't last as long. And if yeah. you do have, you know, say even 30 bucks to invest in a foam roller, mm -hmm. you can get a really good one that's going to last a long time. Yeah. So Yeah, you can yeah. get them. Um, I think mine was probably about $30 online. It was, yeah, yeah. And, and I use it so much um, and for so many things. So yeah, that those are I guess my three um <laughs> three favorite ballet items at the moment. Okay, second question. What is the book or books 
that you've been reading at the moment. I want you can give me a ballet related one and you mm-hmm. can give me a non ballet related one. Okay, so the ballet related book that I've been reading, and I've read this multiple times, um, is Mao's Last Dancer. It is just one of my all time favorite books. Um, and possibly because, um, you know, I, I have an Asian background. <laughs> so for me, it was really, really interesting kind of learning about the history and what it was like in China at the time. For anyone who doesn't know, Mao's Last Dancer is, um, a, is it autobiography? Because it was written, yes. yeah, autobiography yes. by Lee Schwinsing. I hope I'm saying that correctly. You are. It's like disrespecting my own culture. Oh. Um, <laughs> guys, I'm pretty much Australian. I grew up here. I don't speak. <laughs> I have to. I have to say this sometimes. Um, I don't speak any Chinese or any other Asian languages. So I wish I spoke another language. That would be amazing. But yeah, so Mao's Last Answer was a really, really great book. It was just so inspiring to learn about. Um his journey and he currently resides in um Queensland doesn't he which is pretty cool yes. um he's the direct, yep he's the artistic director of Queensland Ballet so I know amazing yeah, yeah. so that's one of my um favorite ballet books just super have inspiring. you read um I was gonna say have you read his wife's book Mary's Last I Dance I haven't that's something that I have on my list um it's in my shopping cart somewhere to purchase <laughs> It's fantastic. It's Mm -hmm. such a good book. I would gift you my copy, but I gave it to my nana, who is now (laughs) gifting it to all her friends at ballet because nana comes and does beginner ballet. She has been doing for three about three or four years now, but she's been handing my copy of Mary's Last Dance (laughs) around to all the friends at ballet. So, um, and yeah, actually, for those that are listening, if you have read that book or if you're interested in reading that book, I did do an interview with Mary um, for the podcast a couple of episodes ago I can't remember the exact number but if you just type in balanced ballerinas and Mary's last dance it will come up she is an incredible woman and it's a really incredible story that's also just not completely all about ballet um very interesting story Mm -hmm. about her daughter and her deafness so yeah and her decision to leave um you know the life of being a principal ballerina and how Lee sort of then had to take over as breadwinner for the family it's a very interesting story so yeah highly recommend Absolutely. I think it's kind of the the next book to read from that. Um, but non-ballet related, I am currently revisiting my one of my first loves, which is the Harry Potter series. So we had a chat before we started recording. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, you have a reason why you think it is, but there mm-hmm. are so many adult ballerinas that I have come across that are obsessed with Harry Potter. And like, <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Harry Potter too, but I wouldn't call myself obsessed. I have mm-hmm. some students that have Harry Potter inspired ballet wear. Mm. Um, <laughs> I even did a couple of years ago at my studio, a Harry Potter ballet because they just begged me and we did a I Harry Potter that. ballet. Yeah. <laughs> and so Virginia, Virginia from uh, Demi Point Dancer mm-hmm. who's one of my uh, clients whose business was born out of taking adult ballet classes at the studio she played Professor McGonagall and oh, it was it. just like a whole thing. She had the sorting hat she made and oh, it was just, it was full on. And I mean, I loved it. I thought it was great, but I wasn't as obsessed as everyone else. <laughs> so why do you think adult ballerinas are obsessed with Harry Potter? Um, well, this might be offensive to some, but I just think a lot of us just happen to be nerds. And <laughs> I, I grew up... Um, 
reading and for me and and it's possibly an age thing as well um for me I grew up in a very strict household so Harry Potter in a way was like an escape to a magical world um the first I read the first book um this is where I come and sound really nerdy but I was a really good reader when I was young and um I read the first book when I was seven, which is, I guess, pretty advanced for a seven-year-old. Now that I think about it, I talked to my husband about this and he's like, what the hell? Um, But (laughs) I read the first book when I was seven because I read it shortly before the movie came out. So the the first movie came out when I was seven. And so it's something I just grew up with. And I think the last movie came out when I was in my first year in uni. So it's really, it's been part of me for my entire life. And and I guess it's, you know, you kind of grow up with them with the characters and yeah. and in in a way it's, that's why you know I'm so obsessed with it it's yeah so obsessed that I even went on I don't know if you know Georgia but there's a website called Pottermore it was really big when I was in high school um I don't <laughs> yes yeah that's okay you're um you were a dancer so you're not really a nerd but <laughs> it's cool to be a nerd now I wish I was yeah. so <laughs> um Pottermore and I even went to the lengths of you know doing a quiz you get sorted into a house so I am a Slytherin and then mm-hmm. um a few years after that you can do this quiz and it tells you your Patronus which um you know, is that you've lost magical... me? I have no idea okay. what you're talking about now. Um, <laughs> well, for Potter nerds who know what a Patronus is, um, and actually, this is a really funny thing. So, a Patronus is an animal that's kind of like related to you. You use it to defend against some evil creatures. I'm just explaining okay. it quite plainly, um, <laughs> not to sound too nerdy, but my you're, you're already on. Oh, good. Yeah, go for I know. It. <laughs> I've really dug myself a hole. So, anyway, it's to stop the Dementors. But my Patronus, guys, is a black swan, and when I got that, I was just floored because I was like, how accurate is this quiz? Um, this is amazing. I I hadn't started ballet then when I did that quiz, but just having that kind of relation of like, you know, having this pat- awesome Patronus that it's is so related to, to, it's meant to be, it's one of those things. And yeah, so I think, you know, you have to make your life a little bit magical and Harry Potter does that <laughs> for a lot of people. I love it. It's so funny. It's very cute, Jojo. Very cute. I love it. Um, Okay, what else have I got for you? I am going to ask you, in the last five years, um, what is something that you have invested in, Mm -hmm. in regards to yourself, that you feel like has really up-leveled your life? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess in a way, ballet. And I, is, yeah, I was going to say, I know the answer to this. <laughs> overarching. Um, but something more recent, I guess, was, yeah, my bar body uh, teacher training course was something that I spent <laughs> a lot of money on. <laughs> but it was a really, really great experience. And it was one of the things that when you're doing, you actually realise that this is what I'm meant to do. This is exactly where I'm meant to be. This is what I'm supposed to know. Um and I thought it was really great to have a proper course. And in a way, like I'd done so much research over the years in my adult ballet journey that I knew a lot of things already, but it was nice to officially know them <laughs> and to have it written down in a course, to do quizzes, to do tests, to write an essay, or all of those things, um, to do the practical training, the practical teaching, all of that. Um, so that was a, a a pretty big investment, I guess, and that's more recent, I guess. Um, but that's really leveled up my life, and it's given me a lot of confidence 
because I have that knowledge now and um, because I know that I have that knowledge. It's not just something that I read offline. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think it's really important to note too, and I guess we've had a lot of discussions over the last couple of weeks about what makes a good teacher or what mm-hmm. makes somebody good at really anything that they do. And I think sometimes it's important to note that I'm sure that there's people that probably do my classes and go, oh, there's 20 women in the room and times that by, you know, the cost of the class and, oh, you know, Georgia's doing pretty well. (laughs) And (laughs) I think what a lot of people don't understand, though, is that a studio owner or a ballet teacher or somebody in the space that we are in spends a lot of time and a lot of money Mm -hmm. outside of that hour class that you take. And Mm -hmm. I think people would be shocked about the amount of money that I spend every year on just personal development and on the courses that I do to become a better teacher. Mm -hmm. And I think it it would blow some people's minds. I should add it up one time and share, (laughs) maybe do a whole podcast episode about it. Um, (laughs) But but I think that that's a sign of somebody that's doing good work in this space Mm -hmm. is, is somebody that is clearly investing themselves Uh, Mm -hmm. investing in themselves Mm -hmm. and you know setting themselves up for the future of of being really good at what they do and putting in their 10,000 hours and um and so when people ask me you know um oh this Jojo girl you know what's she doing and like what do you think about her programs and coaching and and I just say her heart is in the right place (laughs) and she is doing amazing and she's dedicating herself to the craft and she really is you know, investing in herself, which is an investment in you if you buy her course or do her program or take a class with her. So mm. that's that's my that's my yeah. two cents anyway. But my my final my final question for you, Miss Jojo, is what do you do to keep a balanced life? <laughs> it's a great question. And it's funny because ballet actually taught me the answer to this, to having a balanced life. And it's just to do things for yourself. You have to, whatever they are, you have to do things for yourself. You have to be selfish in life. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a kind of odd kind of thing because, and that's the thing, most people don't want to be selfish because they want to help others, but you need to think about yourself first. And coming back into that is respecting that the body you're in as an adult ballet dancer. Um, you need to be selfish for your body. You need to do things that are good for your body, whether it's eating, exercising, all that sort of stuff. It's all it's all about balance, <laughs> but you need to do things that make your body happy. And yeah. and I think that is a really, really great way to live a balanced life because um, you only have one body. So you really have to respect it and treat it well. Mm. As um as Marie, you're actually about to do Marie's progressing ballet technique course soon, <laughs> uh, next month, and she always says, and she'll say it a thousand times throughout the course, the body is forever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she even has it printed on a t-shirt now. <laughs> yeah, it it really is though. So it's so important mm-hmm. to fill your own cup up first before you start filling up others, and of course it's important to do both. Um, mm-hmm. but I I'm with you. It's become a little bit unfashionable. Um, to be a little bit selfish um, mm-hmm. I put up I put up something on social media the other day about how you shouldn't worry about what others in class are thinking about you because everyone's too you know self-absorbed yeah. in themselves 
And I had this person come in and be like, I've never met a self-absorbed ballet dancer or someone studying adult ballet and they're not selfish. And I'm like, oh no, you missed the point. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I think being self-absorbed in a ballet class is what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be concentrating. You should be incredibly self-absorbed <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. Um, it's lovely to have a beautiful community but it's very much not a team sport it's you know unless you're doing a a troupe and a and a competition or something it's not a team sport it's an art and it's very much Mm um you know a solo sport if you want to call it a sport um it's a Mm -hmm. solo practice it's probably a better word but um yeah I mean it's definitely important to be super kind and super lovely and fill up other people's cups but I agree with you you have to have a bit of um selfishness to sort of look after yourself and be a better teacher and a better person to those you know that you love around you and Mm -hmm. and invest in yourself and you know absolutely yeah Yeah. I'm going to so totally plug that (laughs) if you are a beginner investing in our course is an investment in yourself (laughs) if that is something that you have been wanting to do and be more confident when you walk into class because Mm -hmm. I honestly think I I really believe and I'm standing behind what we're developing because I really do think that it's going to change the mindset of quite a few dancers and therefore their technique and their confidence will grow so Mm -hmm. invest in yourself guys (laughs) absolutely and and I think an important thing to note as well to anyone who's listening and who doesn't feel like they deserve it you deserve it you deserve to invest in yourself I think that's a really important message that sometimes people just sometimes you just need to hear whatever level of ballet you are at it doesn't matter you deserve it you deserve to be happy I wholeheartedly agree (laughs) Jojo where can everyone find you on social media if they're not obviously already following you (laughs) So you can find me um, at my personal account, which is at jojo.ballerina or Adult Ballet Collective, which is at Adult Ballet Collective. It's pretty long, I know. I thought about shortening it, but that's okay. No, um, it's fine. <laughs> and if the balance ballerina is really long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is that is pretty long. But I guess people know you as the balance ballerina. Um, but yeah, if anyone is also interested in um, adult ballet apparel, I have these pretty cute sweatshirts that say things like Adult Ballet Club, um, Everything Hurts, Ballet is for Everybody. So you can also find me at one of my new ventures, which is at Adult Ballet Club. (laughs) I love it. I was going to point everyone in that direction because I love you've got one of your jumpers on now. It's so cute. It's it's an older style, but yeah, (laughs) it's one of the um, prototypes. (laughs) I love it. I wear all our prototypes as well. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's what we live in. Yep, exactly. My mum who takes care of all our finances and uh, merchandise goes, no, it's too expensive. You can't have one of the new ones. You need a prototype. <laughs> I know. It's a bit like that, isn't it? It's like we don't we don't get the good stuff because we have to sell the good stuff. Everyone else exactly. gets the good stuff. <laughs> Life of a small yeah. business owner. Anyway, thank you so much, Jojo, for your time. Thanks, Georgia. It was so lovely chatting with you. It's always lovely chatting with you. I feel like we always talk a little bit too much and a little bit of rambling here and there, but I don't know. I hope everyone enjoyed it.